0: Well, we're in this series called With Everything. So what an appropriate song to sing for the offering this morning. I'm going to jump right in. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 27. This is our main text for the series. It says, One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? 27, the man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity as we were talking earlier to come into your presence, to experience your goodness to worship you, to give you the glory that you're worthy of, and now to read from your word as you challenge our hearts, as you challenge the way that we live, to love you, God, with everything. Let your word sink in. Father, help me in my weakness, in my brokenness to communicate what you want to say to your people this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when we started this series, I was watching the first sermon that Pastor Joey did a couple weeks ago, and I don't disagree with him a lot, P Joe. If you're watching, I'm sorry. I do disagree with one thing he said. He came up and he said, fall is here, baby. He said, Fall is here about three, about three weeks ago. And you know, because football was back and the decor and the pumpkin spice fruit-fruit bougie drinks that you guys like. I'm not into that. That's you, that's cool. Not judging. I mean, I kind of judge a little bit, but not judging. The only problem was that summer weather was like that crazy ex that wouldn't let go. You know what I'm saying? It was, we're we're ready for the 70s, we're ready for 60s. And I don't know about you guys, if you experienced a breakup, maybe you broke up with someone, maybe you're the one that got broken up with. The the crazy ex will, a week later, two weeks later, just kind of text, hi, 85 degrees. How you doing? 87 degrees. What you up to right now? 89 degrees. I'm trying to be single. I'm trying to move on from this weather. But I think, I think, I was looking at the weather this week. I think fall is here. I was looking at the worship team. You saw how the worship team was dressed. They're all in their flannel. Mark, was Mark here? Mark was decked up. Mark, can you stand up for a second? Uh, you know, I told Mark, Mark, you, you dress as young as I feel. Praise God. He's got the layers on. He's got the denim jacket on. It's a good look. Worship team, y'all looking real good this morning. I love fall. I love what, the, what fall brings. Like I said, I, I love football. I, I love the decor. By the way, if you walked in this morning, you probably saw that the decor changed. Can we thank Mylene and the Adorns team? I was here on Friday night, and Mylene was setting up, and we're so thankful for you guys. I love Trunk or Treat. Now, let me just, let me just say this, so we're, we're going to have a Trunk or Treat later on this month. And it's not celebrating halloween now if you celebrate halloween god bless you we're not again we're not judging for that and if you don't celebrate halloween that's fine too i love trunk or treat because it's an opportunity for us to engage with the community you know what's so great about it is that the community comes to us so it makes it a lot easier i don't know about you but i don't like it when people just knock on my door randomly Okay, back in the 80s, I think, maybe in the 90s, it was cool because someone would bring a cake, it would be really nice, unwelcome, or, or unexpected visitors. And now, literally, literally yesterday, someone came at my door, knocked on my door. I didn't know they were coming. Someone knocked on my door, and I'm like, oh, oh, who's that? You know, you pull the curtain, right? Who's that? You well, it was my dad. So I just went and sat down. I didn't even I didn't let him in because I didn't expect him. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I love Trunk or Treat because it's an opportunity to engage with the community. We're not celebrating Halloween, we're serving. Listen, we don't take a day off from serving people. We don't take a day off from blessing the community. We have to always be mindful of them. I love Trunk or Treat. This is reason number two, maybe 1A. I love Trunk or Treat because for me, it means free candy. Because my kids know that when they get candy, the pop tax is coming. When they, when they get candy, I turn into Zacchaeus. And I don't mean Zacchaeus after he met Jesus. I mean, I am ruthless. I will say, t- you know, Caleb will say, hey, that's my only Mr. Goodbar. No, that's my only Mr. Goodbar. But you, but you and my generosity, you can have as much candy corn and sweet tarts as you want. Because that I don't care for. The best is when their babies, P.S.E., take advantage, because you don't, you don't have to get them a costume. You don't got to pay anything. You put a little orange construction paper. They're a pumpkin, you know, spider legs. And then you get free candy. They can't even eat it. And then here's the best part. They don't even remember it. So they don't know you stole your, the candy. But I was thinking about my kids because when we talk about loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, Loving God is not that much different than the way that we love our kids or the, the way that we love the people that are close to us. And so with my kids, I remember when my kids were born, each one of them, there's something in your heart. You just, your capacity to love, it just it expands. You didn't even know that you can love a, a creature or a being or anything the way that you could love your kids. And so in my soul, I feel it too. When Zach started playing basketball, there was just this pride that I felt. And, and even the opposite is true, that when they go through hard times, there's something I feel deep inside. It goes beyond my mind, it goes beyond my heart. I feel it in my, in my bones. I worry about them, right? I care for them and I love them with my mind. I'm always thinking about them. My wife and I, we're always talking about our kids. We're always trying to think a couple steps down the line. Okay, where, where are they at, where are they going? How can we love them? How can we give them the best life possible? But at some point, all of those things, loving God with your heart and with your soul and with your mind has to translate into loving God with all your strength. Because what does it mean if I say I love my kids and, and I give them my heart and I'm thinking about them and I feel these emotions deep inside of me when, when they're doing some, something well or when they're hurting if I don't actually take the time to serve them? if that love doesn't translate into action. And so today we're talking about loving God with all of our strength. We're talking about serving him, getting into action. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that there are many reasons why we don't serve God. And some of them are very legitimate. And I get that. And I'm gonna go through a few here. And the first one is this, I can't. We say, I can't serve God. We say, you know, I'm just not good enough. We say, I'm not strong enough. I'm not qualified. If I could steal a line from Pastor Joey, God doesn't qualify the called. Oh, God doesn't call the qualified. I ruined that for you. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Look at 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, God has given each of you each of you that means every single one here everyone watching online God has given you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts use them well to what serve one another Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies? Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. Okay, so here's the thing. You say you can't, and I'm telling you right now, well, I'm not telling you, Peter's telling you, the Bible is telling you that you can that you've got something to bring to offer the body of Christ that's gonna bless the body of Christ. But you've gotta decide to activate that. You've gotta decide to put that into practice. And I understand very well this idea, this notion that I can't because I have the same insecurities. And everyone that is on this platform has one insecurity or another. Some of us, we have multiple insecurities. Anyone that you see serving in media or in sound or with the kids or with the youth or an usher or a greeter, we all have insecurities. We all have hesitations, but it's not about us. It's about what God has called us to do. And so this inadequacy that we feel, it's a real thing. I'm not here to tell you that your feeling of insecurity or you feeling inadequate is is nothing. I'm not here to dismiss that. What I am saying is that that inadequacy is a gift from God because it leads us to be dependent on God. And so, in my weakness, when I'm getting ready to lead worship or when I'm getting ready to speak or when I'm getting ready to do whatever it is, I come before the Lord and say, God, I need you. And God, in His goodness and in His mercy and in His kindness, He equips us. He equips me to do what He asks me to do. I'll tell you this. There are some people that I feel just have all the talent in the world. And I hate it. I don't hate the person, but I hate that God said, you know what, Pastor Izzy? When God made Pastor Izzy, he said, you know, I want him to sing really well and I want him to play every instrument and I want him to be able to speak and I want him to be funny and I want him to be smart. And God God just saw Pastor Izzy and he told the angels or whoever was doing all the creation, he just said, more, 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 more talent, more talent, more talent. And God looked at me and said, make his ears bigger. You know, you guys laughed. You guys laughed too hard at that. You laughed way too hard. Now I'm super insecure. This is why I love fall because I can wear beanies that, that cover my ears. Um, they're custom beanies because standard beanies don't fit, but that's neither here or there. All right? Listen. Moses was a terrible speaker. Gideon was weak. Elijah was depressed. Isaiah was unclean. Jeremiah was too young. David was a murderer. Jonah lacked compassion. You know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? It's not because he was scared of the Ninevites. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew that if he preached the word of God, people would repent and God would forgive them. And he didn't want that because he literally hated the Ninevites. And in Jonah chapter four, he argues with the Lord. And so some of you are saying, well, I'm not qualified. And I'm telling you, none of us are really qualified, but God calls us anyways. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 11. It, it talks about the story of, of David's mighty men. David in 1 Chronicles chapter 11, he becomes king over all Israel. And it's too, list, too long of a list to to say right now. So I'll just give you a few things. One of the mighty men killed 300 enemies in battle with a single spear. That's Izzy, man, National Guard. He killed 300 enemies in battle with a single spear. One of them chased down a lion into a pit and killed it on a snowy day. Now, I don't know about you. I was thinking about this. I was reading just the accolades and and the manly things that these mighty men did. And I was thinking about, what have I done recently that would be manly-ish? And I really couldn't think of anything. And I thought, oh, well, you know, a couple days ago, I was working out and I did 100 pull-ups. Not 100 pull-ups in a row, but just 100 pull-ups was part of my my workout routine. Uh, I did it the week before and I did it this past week and I was really, really sore. And I thought, oh, that that was pretty cool. You know what happened? Somewhere around, I don't know, getting to maybe 60, 70 pull-ups, I was in my garage and I'm just kind of resting. I'm kind of pacing, just waiting to get my strength back and then do the next set. And then this mouse darted in front of me and I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And this man chased down a lion, and I'm, ready, I'm like, and I'm not even trying to fight the mouse. I'm just trying to defend myself against Stuart Little. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just trying, like, oh, okay, let's go, let's go. Right? And this man chases down a lion and kills him. And then I thought, well, why would he even chase down a lion? And, and maybe it was because a lion was approaching the camp, and, and maybe there was family there, or the other soldiers were there. And I thought, you know, if, if, if a lion came here, and, and, you know, Mufasa came, right? I, I would be like a waiter at a fine dining restaurant. I'd be like, excellent choice, right? Right this way. Yes, you can have, yes, yes. We have a kid's menu for Simba. Whatever you want, whatever you want, go, go go ahead. I'm not gonna go up against a lion. I'm not gonna go up against a mouse. But here's the incredible thing, because we look at that and we say, wow, David's mighty men, man. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 22. This is before... David is king. He's running for his life from Saul. It says So David left Gath and escaped the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt. Or who were just discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. The ESV says that these men were bitter in soul. The Message Bible, man, if you don't have a Message Bible, get it. It's pretty cool. The Message Bible calls these men losers. (laughs) Losers. But somehow these losers become mighty men, right? Men, we need you next Sunday. We need to get together. We need to surround ourselves with one another and encourage one another and sharpen each other like iron sharpens iron. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not strong enough to serve, but you know what? You don't get strong before going to the gym. You go to the gym to get strong, right? You don't get in shape and then start running. You start running and then you will eventually get in shape. And some of us, when our kids come as infants, we nurture, we nurture, we nurture, but at some point we got to equip them. At some point, we've got to teach them. At some point, we've got to put them, listen, my kids are doing chores because I don't want to do these chores anymore. I shouldn't have to do these chores anymore. And I look at people that are serving, some of you are serving so well. Some of you are serving in multiple ministries and and I love it because it shows your heart, but at the same time, it concerns me because it means that there are other people who aren't serving. And you need to get yourself off the sidelines and you need to get in the game. So one, we say that we can't, But Peter says, no, you can, God equipped you. Number two, we say, I did, I served, I did my time. Look at Deuteronomy chapter three. This is Moses having a conversation with the Lord because the Lord says to Moses, no, you're not gonna enter the promised land. And Moses says, please, please let me get in. And you think about what Moses had to endure. Moses had to put up with the, the complaining day after day of the Israelites. He sounds like a parent. And he says, Lord, would you let me go to the promised land? And the Lord says, No. In verse 25, he says, Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. Verse 26 But the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he would not listen to me. That's enough. He declared, God declaring, that's enough. Speak of it no more, but go up to Pisgah Peak and look over the land in every direction. Take a good look, but you may not cross the Jordan River. Instead, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead the people across the Jordan. He will give them all the land you now see before you as their possession. So Moses at that point, I think he could have just called it quits. He could just, okay, well, you're not gonna let me go. Then I'm done. And some of us, we feel like we're done because maybe we got asked to step down from a ministry or maybe we got called into another ministry and it's not the one that we prefer. I get that. I get those emotions. But Moses had this heart because God didn't say, all right, now you're done. God said, you're not gonna go into the promised land, but I want you to, just, I still have a task for you. I still have a mission for you. I want you to equip Joshua. Joshua. I want you to raise up the guy who's going to go in your place. You want to go to the promised land, you're not going to go, but you're going to raise up the guy who will lead the people. Can you imagine that? And God, God actually tells him, look around, look at everything. So it's when his parents, we, we say, you see this? I'm giving it to your brother, <laughs> right? God says, no, but raise him up. And Moses does just that. And I think a lot of times what we're saying the Lord when we say that we're done. And we never say it out loud. We never say, you know what, I'm done. We don't, we don't necessarily tell that to our pastors or to our leaders. We just, that's just the way that we live. We just live it out that we're done. We're not going to serve anymore because we spent three months or three years or 30 years serving in ministry and we were faithful and that's great. And we 100% appreciate that. But if you're breathing, God still has something else for you to do. You know what I'm saying? God has a mission for you to accomplish that is just for you. And you've got to respond to that call. And what we're saying when we don't answer that call, when we say that we're done is really what we're saying is, you know what, God, I'm not thankful anymore. I don't owe you anything anymore. God, I think, I think we're even. Because if John came up to me and gave me 10 bucks to buy a meal, you know what I'm going to do? At some point, I'm going to try to repay him that $10. But if someone else, if Sal came up to me and gave me $1,000, I'm going to spend a little bit more time and a little more thought in how I repay Sal. Does that make sense? Because he gave me something that's pretty amazing. And we take the gift of God that is salvation and eternal life. And we take his blessings and we take and we take and we take and then we give. But then at some point as we walk along this life and we run this race, we get a little bit weary and we feel like, okay, God, you know what? I think, I think we're even. I think I've given you enough back. And the reality is that you can never do that. You can never repay him. And I'm thankful that we don't have to repay him in the standpoint of we're not trying to earn salvation, but we show that we're saved. We show that we're loved by serving others. The least we can do for the one who gave his life for us Forgiving our sins and securing our eternity in heaven is to live our lives and surrender to his will. So number one, we say, God, I can't. Or two, we say, God, I did, I'm done, I'm busy. Number three, we say, I'm tired. And there's a lot of validity to this statement because we do get tired. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. The author talking about running our race says, we do this, this is how we run our race. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And so sometimes we do get burned out. I get that. I've been there. If you've been in ministry long enough, you've felt the burnout. It's hard. We get burned out because we're drained from life. We get burned out because of school and work and family and the different obligations that we have outside of ministry. Sometimes we get burned out because of ministry. Sometimes we get burned out because of the people in ministry. That's just the truth. People can be difficult. I can be difficult. Worship team please be quiet. They don't they don't need that. They don't need you to affirm that statement. We can be difficult, but the remedy for burnout is burn in. What am I talking about? What is burn in? Burn in is This thing that happens with electronic devices, TVs, maybe mobile devices, where there's an image that appears on the screen and it's there, it's just there and it doesn't go away. So let's say you're watching the news, you're watching CNN or Fox News, whichever, doesn't matter guys, we're not gonna judge. Okay, whatever you want, that's fine, okay? And then that logo, that CNN logo, that Fox News logo, it just stays, it's permanently burned in the image or onto the screen, that image is burned onto the screen. You change the channels, it doesn't matter, it's there. And so what am I saying as far as burn in? I want, and the author of Hebrews is talking about this, the image of Jesus dying on the cross, despising its shame, enduring the hostility from sinful men, I want that image to be burned in my memory. I want that image to be burned in my heart. And so there are times where I know it's hard. There are times where we're struggling. There are times where we're kind of limping along in the race. We're limping as we're trying to serve. And, but, but that image is what keeps me going. And so my focus is not on the trials and my focus is not on the suffering and my focus is not on what's happening around me. My focus and my gaze, like that song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim. They don't go away. We're not not ignoring them. We're not pretending that they don't exist. They're there. But the image of Jesus and his faithfulness and his goodness is burned in our souls and in our hearts and in our minds. And so when we close our eyes, when we look to the heavens, we think of Jesus and he spurs us on. And the peace and joy that we need to keep running this race, the peace and joy that we need to serve and to serve faithfully, it doesn't come from the absence of trials, but rather from the magnification of the work of the cross, which propels you to love with all your strength. And I'll be the first to admit that your strength levels change from one season to another. I love how it says with all your strength. It doesn't say try to love God with the strength of your pastor or the strength of your brother or the strength of your sister or your mom. It says all of your strength. And there are times when I go to the gym where you know maybe one week I benched 200 pounds and I'm feeling really good. And the next week, I just, I couldn't do it. I only got to 185. You know what the point is, though? The point is that I gave it my all. The point is that I showed up. Can I give you an example here in Luke chapter 21? Loving God out of your financial strength or the lack thereof. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Verse 2, then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. And then this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. So Jesus saw that financially she wasn't really strong. And to the disciples, she didn't really have much to offer. I love this story because this is, I would imagine kind of a solemn moment, right? When we're taking offering, we're just, We're worshiping the Lord. We're giving our tithe. And Jesus gathers his disciples and says, hey guys, 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 check this out. Guys, you gotta see this. And they're probably thinking, whoa, that rich dude, oh my goodness, he gave a lot. And that other guy, well, that's really gonna bless us here. That's really gonna bless the ministry. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Look at what she gave. Look at those two small coins. To impress Jesus by loving God with all their strength. Some of you guys, you were blessed with the promotion, you were blessed with the raise, but you're still tithing off the old paycheck. God said, I gave you more. And now I'm asking you to do more. I'm asking you to give more. Some of you guys, by his mercy, he's freed up your schedule and you have a lot of opportunities to serve and you have time to serve, but you won't jump in. Or you'll say, you know, I'm just gonna keep doing my one hour a week. And that was probably really good for a season. But in a new season, maybe God has called you to step up a little bit more. And maybe you'll go through seasons again where you can't give as much. And that's okay because it's about loving God with your strength. Worship team. I love our church because I really believe, I'm very much convicted that we care about people. So when we talk about serving, when we talk about, hey, give yourself to the Lord, give yourself to the ministry, find a place to serve. We're not doing it because we just want you to be a cog in a machine that we can use and then spit out and just replace you at any time. We, we know that there is freedom. Jesus says, whoever tries to save their life will lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. And so we know there's freedom when you serve. And some of you guys are saying, well, I I can't, or I did, or I'm tired, and and I'm encouraging you, I'm imploring you, I'm challenging you. Get in, serve. You have a gift that God has given you. And watch what God does in and through you, and watch how God gives you energy and fills your heart. Watch what he does as you take that step of faith. We were singing that song earlier for, for the offering with everything. Can we sing that again, guys? Can we start off on that bridge there? Can we love God with all of our hearts? Can we love God with all of our minds and our souls? And can that turn, will that turn into action? Loving God with all of our strength. I think we get too comfortable sometimes. Comfort is the enemy of growth. Comfort kills, comfort destroys. It's when you're working out and you're doing really well and you're seeing the progress, but then you kind of just get comfortable and you don't wanna take that next step. It's in your job when you've made some advancement, but you say in your heart and you say out loud, oh, I wanna raise, I want the promotion, but you're too comfortable. And so you don't actually do what it takes to get to that next level. And you come to church and and you love to worship and you love to sing and you love to read your Bible and you love to pray, but you're too comfortable to take that next step and actually find a place, an area, an outlet where you can serve, where you can put the skills that God has given you, the gifts that God has given you to use. We were talking about earlier, the intimacy that John had with the Lord, where he literally leaned back, was reclining on Jesus. They, they were buddies. But John didn't take that intimacy and leave it there that night. John, commissioned by the Lord, took care of Mary, the mother of Jesus. John wrote books of the Bible. Many say John wrote the book of Revelation. How all of the end of the world, how that plays out. He took that intimacy and turned it into action and some of us we settle and and I'm not asking you to serve because or just because we have a need I'm asking you to serve we're asking you to serve, we're asking you to be a part of the community to give yourself in action to the Lord for your benefit for what God is going to do through you what God is going to do in you And yes, what God's going to do in the church, that's a major component of it. But some of you guys, you're wondering why hasn't God broken through in your life? It's because you haven't taken this step of faith. Because you're still fixed on the waves and you're still fixed on the valley and you're not fixed on the fact that the shepherd is there with you, that he's called you, that he's guiding you, that he's equipping you, that he's encouraging you, that he's in your corner, that he's given you something to give back. I'm going to read James chapter two, seven verses here, kind of lengthy, but bear with me, please. Verse 14, what good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? But how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? I love this passage because seven verses, in seven verses five times, he basically says the same thing. Your faith without action is dead. Whoa, Pastor Jay, you're stepping on my toes. No, I'm not, James is. The Lord is. Your faith without action is dead. It's useless. It's no good to anyone. Well, I asked the media team to put up this slide. It's different ministries and it's not all the ministries. I'm sure there's more. And listen, if I forgot, blame the media team. No, I'm just kidding. If I forgot, we we know there's other ministries and I apologize for that. And I want you to do something right now. I want you to take your cell phone out. Just take a picture of this, this slide if you can. You guys have cell phones, hopefully. You have a track phone. Maybe it's got a camera, I don't know. I want you to take a picture of this because this is where we need you guys. Church, this is where we need you. Some of you in Romans chapter 12, it's not on the screen, but Romans chapter 12 talks about the gift of prophecy, the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, the gift of encouragement, the gift of giving, the gift of leadership, the gift of kindness. You guys have these gifts. You have at least one, maybe you have multiple, And we need that in this church. If we're gonna flourish, we were in that series about bodybuilding. If our body is gonna build, if our body is gonna grow, it requires all of us to do our part. Can I tell you something about the gift of encouragement? Some of you guys say, well, I can't sing, I can't speak. I think everyone can encourage. And I'll tell you, I was talking about, we all have different strength levels. Guys, there are times When us as pastors, we're we're weak. We're us as leaders, we're weak. And we get a simple text. Someone saying, hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, I love the way that you led worship. Hey, I love that message. Hey, I saw you counseling someone. I I saw you with your arm around someone, consoling them. And I just want to say, I encourage you. I bless you. I'm thankful for you. And those words of encouragement, they may not seem like much to the individual giving them, but they mean a whole lot to the person that's getting it. We can bless each other. Pastor Izzy, about a month ago, he talked about encouraging five people every day. Man, you can do that. You don't need to be on stage to do that. You don't need to be a scholar in the Bible to do that. You can just do it. So I'm gonna ask that you stand with us. Worship team is gonna lead us in this song. And as we sing it, let it be more than words. Father, let it be more than words this morning. Let it be something that comes from our heart, reverberates throughout our soul, fills our mind, but then plays out in our strength, God, to love you with everything.